High School Slumber Party is brought to you by the Cage Club Podcast Network. For all things Cage Club related, head on over to cageclub.me. That's cageclub.me. Welcome, art students, blues record collectors, punk girls, and a special shout-out to those convenience store regulars out there. This is High School Slumber Party, the podcast where me and some friends look back at our teenage years through the lens of some iconic high school-centric films. I'm Brian Rodriguez, and the party's at my place this evening. But first, how was your Thanksgiving? Excuse my, uh, recovering from a food coma voice. I had a great Thanksgiving. I got to eat a lot of food, see a lot of family. It was fun. I hope yours was awesome as well, and I hope you found things that you're thankful for and you discuss them. Like I said last week, I think, I'm thankful for you slumberers out there. It gives me something to do, and I'm so excited. I'm so excited to talk about your homework assignment this week. The fact that you didn't get John Cusack over the Thanksgiving Day holiday in an act of forgiveness, I suppose, to unblock us on Twitter. No, I'm kidding. Though that is your assignment. No, but I'm so excited to talk about this film, Ghost World. This was your assignment, and I would like to see the results. So we have my good friend Wesley Vina stopping by. Which I think is super appropriate because, I don't know, it's been like high school friends lately, but it's getting cold, at least in the northeast where I'm located, but it's getting cold, it's the holiday season, the mirth of it, I suppose, is upon us, and, I don't know, I like bringing it closer to home, talking to my friends from days of yore, and just, you know, talking about good movies. Last week we had Encino Man with Kyle and Dan Ferrara, two people who went to high school with Wesley Vina and myself. So, I don't know, it just felt right. Oh man, you know what that sound means. Pack your favorite jammies, tell your mother you're sleeping over Brian's, because we're about to get our party on. I leave you with, and I want to read this so I don't screw it up, Jean Pechechan Ho by Muhammad Rafi. It's in the trailer, trust me. You're gonna love this episode. Class dismissed.
जान पहचान हो जीना आसान हो जान पहचान हो जीना आसान हो दिल को चुराने वालों आंख न चुराओ नाम तो बताओ on this podcast you've told me I have to put together like a super cut <laughs> of all the references I, I, I think I told you but originally it might have been American Pie or another episode but you were definitely referred to as my jaded friend in high school oh great <laughs> and then I picked the right movie <laughs> <laughs> that works really perfectly no but I was listening to one oh the one last week in, in Sano Man Oh yeah, uh, you were mentioned a couple times. So I heard it towards the beginning about like the drum crew with Kyle. Or yeah, whatever, just or our, like core group of friends. <laughs> I remember uh, meeting Kyle. Well, you brought Kyle into the. I did. Because you met him beforehand, right? I did. Yeah, I met him at uh, a band camp, and at that time, he was. I remember him being a huge Aerosmith fan. <laughs> I don't know why. I don't think we ever talked about Aerosmith again. He post. denies this. Of course, he does. Kyle denies this. But there was a rumor. I don't know if it was a rumor back then. It was just a known fact that he told people that he like went on. Yeah, he went told on tour me, with I, him, but like he went to concerts. He went to a bunch of like, and I don't like. I don't judge him for it, so I don't know no, why he denies it. It's just Aerosmith. Like in retrospect, like yeah, Aerosmith sucks. <laughs> and to pretend you like Aerosmith is not that cool. But he did, and I don't judge him for it. But the denial is it's what gets me. It's just funny that, like, I don't know how that came about. Or yeah, it's not like I pulled it out of thin air. Like, how? <laughs> like, why would I even make that up? And Aerosmith is so random. Not I ra- think not- I think he was just trying to make an icebreaker, and it was fine. Yeah, yeah, but it is random. <laughs> it is awkward yeah. when you meet people for the first time, especially, like, in high school, like, where we went to high school, just, like, all, like, the towns yeah. meeting up. And-, and then knowing Kyle, too, like... He was like a really nice kid, but I guess like in middle school he had some tough times. I don't know. <laughs> but uh, no, he was, from the moment I met him, I, I liked him obviously. Yeah, yeah he's, I, he's Ky- very... Kyle can get more into his tough times on his podcast. Yes, yes. Foodie yes. films, perhaps. but Kyle rocks. I love Kyle. We haven't talked in a while, but he's a very good. <laughs> no, no, no. That reminded me because I remember he brought you up. But uh, thanks so much again, Wes, yeah. for coming on. It's I don't know pleasure. if you've heard the show before, but we introduce ourselves here by saying our name our high school and our graduating class and what the team name was and uh wesley vina i graduated from uh, northern valley regional high school in 2005 and we were the golden knights go golden knights yes. so again classmate of mine yes good friend from way back in the day so i start uh by asking my first time guest always what was your high school experience like like what do you remember from high school you know i had a i had a I suppose weird high school experience in the sense that i was I was in a band, but I also was in a rock band or a punk band or whatever, and we had our core group of friends, but then there was, like, other people in the peripheral that, like, tried to, I think, be in our group of friends. I don't know. I think we were, we were, I, I think of ourselves as popular outcasts. <laughs> I could see that, yeah. Uh, l- last week on Encino Man, we briefly discussed Tommy Teets. Wow. There was a, there was a Tom Teets story. Amazing. We don't always talk about my particular high school experience on of the course. show, yeah, but yeah. I have a lot of people I went to high school with on the show, so sure. he, he reminds me of one of them. There was that famous episode with Kyle where where uh, Kyle was gone a couple days, and Tom Teets like, sat in his chair, and then when, when Kyle, Kyle came, came back, back, he was like, Ryan Freed, what are you doing What are you doing here? here? Yes. <laughs> I was thinking that when I listened to the Encino Man podcast, when his voice came on, I'm like, Ryan Freed, what are you doing here? <laughs> uh, the thing about Teets, one other thing, is the bruise. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah we mentioned Bruce. that as well. Yeah, okay, that's where you came Bruce. up. Dan mentioned that, like in science class, with whatever that t- I forgot her name. Yeah, whatever. That, <laughs> that you and him, mostly you, just punched him so much. The br- yeah, the bruise and the bruise just expanded and expanded. 
And it, the point of the bruise was to keep it there, like, forever. And he didn't care. He, like, let us do it. Oh, man. We sound like such bullies. <laughs> but we weren't, though. We were, like, we were, we were, I don't know. I, I think it's fair to say we weren't, like, bullies in the traditional sense of the word. But certainly, like, like you said, like, outcast bullies, almost. like outcast, Yeah, yeah, know? yeah. Like, but it was, like, ribbing. Like, we liked him. Like, oh, we yeah, wouldn't do that course, to someone yeah. we didn't like. It was like the way we were. Like it was almost if we made fun of you, it's because we liked you a lot. If we didn't like you, we wouldn't even. There was there was a big camaraderie when it came to that because you and I ripped each other all the time. Oh, terribly. (laughs) All the time. Really bad. I'm sure if you went back, you'd be like, oh my god. Yeah, and I think we were able to because we didn't take it personally. Like we understood like the humor of it. That's the thing. Yeah, that's the thing. It's about like. I don't know. Again, we just sound like bullies. Yeah, we're really not. I promise, we weren't. Oh man, I was uh, I was remembering a couple things about you in high school, and I, I brought up that on a previous podcast on American Pie that for some reason the both of us, and for some reason I kind of know the reason, but we both hated American Pie, and I don't know if it was because of the movie, but I think it was just because of like the people who liked American Pie we really didn't like. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they try. I think they tried to reflect themselves as like the you know party goers. You know what I mean? I don't know, like the high school party crew. I can't even explain it. Yeah, we were very anti-party. Yeah, yeah. We <laughs> we didn't do. We didn't drink. I didn't drink in high school once. No, I didn't either. Yeah, yeah. And it was War party. We just didn't. Yeah, like we had our own versions of parties. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But that would. And like you said, you were in a band, Those Who Hung Heroes. Shout yes. out. <laughs> wow. And I remember, you know, going Google. to your shows, and that was fun. That was like a party like atmosphere, but not in a traditional like can't no, hardly yeah. wait party sense. It was like know? the VFW circuit. That was yeah, a good time. That was cool. Like Knights yeah, of Columbus. Yeah. Like yeah, that yeah. was fun. Like, there was that, a lot of people there. That was a good time. A lot of people. Like yeah, the yeah. amount that you'd see on like a teen film high school party. That's true. It's really accurate. Like you didn't see that anywhere else in life though. So yeah, you're right. Those were like some really, really fun times. I took a couple notes just of, like, yeah. West Times. Um, I, this might have been referenced either on my last podcast with Kyle, uh, P.S. I Love Hoffman, or yes. on this podcast, but there's that um, sister-sister drawing. Yes. <laughs> I don't know how that came about. Yeah, one, I don't... I think you would randomly sing, like, the sister-sister. <laughs> Which I still do. Yeah, yeah, and I still do because of you. <laughs> Um, yeah, and you handed me a note in class, and it was, like, in the font of Sister, Sister. If you guys have seen Sister, Sister out there, you know the exact font. Yeah, 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 about. it's very distinct. Yeah, just, like, the, the curly S's. And then it was starring Tim Reed as Ray. <laughs> and I tried to find it again recently, it was just too much. Like, one day I will find it again. Please find that yeah, yeah, again. Yeah. Uh, I we, do have it. We were just... We were not bad kids, we were bad students, if that makes sense. Like, not bad... Okay, that doesn't sound good either, we just... I don't think certain teachers liked us because we fucked around a lot. Yeah, we did. But not against the teachers? No, no, we weren't, like, pests or class clowns, really. We were almost, like, pre-hipster humor, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, like we it was, were... We which kind of ties into this movie. <laughs> yeah, no, actually, yeah. It, it kind of does, like, encompass... This fits really, really well. Yeah, yeah. One of the pranks, and I'm using quotation marks, pranks I remember us doing, is Queer Eye was big back then. Oh, no. <laughs> And there's these computers in the back of our math class, and we we changed every every uh, wallpaper background of the computer to each different queer eye. And yes, these bright colors, <laughs> queer eye guy. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like this like surreal humor in a way. Like before, like Tim and Eric or anything. We like because like there's really no 
tangible joke there, but no, like it, it's hilarious it that each yeah. member of the Queer Eye were on the computer. And it's harmless. It's completely harmless. Absolutely. But it was just so fun at the time, or just, I also, we were talking about this, I think, the other day, but our, our old math teacher, shout out Ms. Baker. Yes. We used to just guess what outfit she would wear, because she had like a rotation of like seven outfits. Yeah. And that's not, it wasn't like a... No, it's, like, understandable, like, you're a teacher, who cares? But, like, yeah, it was, like, a contest, who could guess? Was it the floral print dress? Was it the green pantsuit? Yeah, the green pantsuit, that was usually my guess. I remember the dress and the pantsuit. I can't really recall other ones. No, if you remember them all, that would be... And she was, like, she was prop. she liked us a lot. Like, she really, like... I think what helped is, and I've told this story on the podcast before, like... You and I both, but especially me, did really bad in our freshman year high, uh, math class. Yes, terrible. You and I are both, like, I would say smart guys. Like, we definitely underachieved yeah. incredibly in that math class. I don't think I studied or did one ditto. <laughs> like, <laughs> ditto. I don't know how. I haven't heard that term in yeah, a while. Yeah, you know, true, like, yeah. I don't know how, like, I didn't fail out of these. I don't know how. I never had to go to summer school. I don't know how. I had to go that year because I did really bad. Oh, well, I, I guess I got the D. I didn't have yeah, to go. Yeah, you got the D out yeah. of it. I got the F one semester. And I was like, damn. But then we were in the, the same class. The next year, we both did pretty well. I think so, right? Yeah, it was yeah, just yeah. Like, Oh shit! Like we can't fuck around. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah, but you're right. Like I would just go into class and not even think about math and math Nothing. class. Yeah. Like let me just talk to my friends and like this is funny. Let's. <laughs> Remember like the game, the math game, and then like one of them looked like Nina Esposito. Oh my god! <laughs> she yeah, met the inside. Yeah, because yeah. she's like, guys, I want to know. I want to know. <laughs> yeah. Long story short, she was this uh, a classmate that just wanted what did to know Ms. everybody's say? business. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know. High school was like fun, but I did. I kind of do wish I took it a little bit more seriously, because I feel like I would have taken then college more seriously. Yeah, I and get then that. I would have probably had a better job now. No offense to my job, but like you know, like no, yeah, yeah. But I don't know. You could you could still do whatever I think you wanted to do. Well, but yeah, you. we kind of yes. Yeah, oh yeah, no problem. <laughs> <Asshole>. <laughs> you can yeah. Um, I think there's. Oh, I don't know if this is proper for the podcast like there's something about us that like doesn't want to completely be normal people because we still want to somehow like not be in that world in a way no, that's why oh, like you're doing this podcast 100%. okay we sound probably so arrogant right yeah now. yeah no but no. no i know exactly like what you mean like everything everything that's like the state of normalcy mm-hmm. not okay not everything not I'm yeah not, like, yeah, yeah. Deviant, no like, no not at all shit down no no but like certain things are just awkward and <sighs> I don't yeah. know. It's hard to explain. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I think, like, is, is, as weird as it sounds, I think we're in a time that kind of accepts that more than, like, the 50s. Of least, course. You know? yeah, like, yeah, 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 yeah. In the 50s, we would be, like, in jail right now. Yeah, if we, pretty if we much. grew up in the 50s, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, an, like communist, anti-American. Exactly, yeah. Labeled something. Um, <laughs> no, you're right. Like, everything we're saying is just tying into the film you chose today, actually. Yes. So, uh, you know, long story short, we reconnected recently, and I mentioned my podcast, and I said, you know, if you ever want to be on, love to have you on, and you mentioned this film, Ghost World, and I was thinking, like, okay, I've seen this, like, once or twice on the premium cable channels, sure. like HBO or whatever, Stars yeah. or something, and I'm like, why do I know this movie so well? Like, why is this, the photo or the poster of this movie, like, ingrained in my head? And I realized that um, in your, I guess, post- you know, not high school apartment, because obviously, but like your yeah, yeah, 20s yeah. apartment. Yeah, like first you, like adult, yeah. <laughs> adult, in quotes, apartment. <laughs> you had a poster of this film. And I do. I, think I still have it. It's in my new apartment. Which is awesome. That's what I think. I was like, oh, okay. That's how I know Ghost World. I so. got that at a Goodwill in Bergenfield for $5. It's an original print. 
It's amazing. Oh, from the theater. Yes. Wow, that's yeah. really cool. It's worth about 20 bucks. No one wants it, so I'm very happy about it. So why Ghost World? Why did you pick Ghost World? I imagine you uh, very much enjoy this film. So. <sighs> yeah, I mean, I guess I just relate to Enid a lot in the sense that, like, to go back to our prior conversation, the theme of, like, accepting adulthood or accepting the path you're supposed to take um, and trying to figure out your identity within the world. So yeah, basically, yeah, and this movie kind of counts because it's transitional. It's it begins at the end of high school, but Enid does have to go to summer school. So yeah, like, exactly. I, so I kind of snuck you, it in. All, all you haters out there who say this is not a high school film, one, like you said, there's a graduation, yeah. there's a school dance, and Enid technically, as you said, did not graduate. Exactly. And yeah. for the majority of the film, has to take her last high school class. Absolutely, yeah. And I think it's about an important time too in high schoolers lives like after graduation whether you go to college or not it's just like a weird time i wasn't ready for it like i wasn't mature enough nope. for like my transition and you guys listening probably from everything else we're telling you that makes a lot of sense yeah but like i wasn't ready and you could tell I enid wasn't. is not ready you know no. <laughs> she's not at all um she doesn't even want to get like a a, a day job <laughs> which you know i relate to as well Still to this day, even though I've had a, a prior career to what I'm doing now. But I want to know, when was the first time you saw this film, Ghost World? You were way ahead of the curve if you are watching this film, like, yeah, um, around when this came out. Were you, what year was it released again? 2001. 2001. So like, you were like so, freshmen. Yeah, I don't think I saw it then. I think I saw it maybe my senior year of high school, so wow. in 2005. Um, I think I rented it because of the cover. <laughs> that's like a big theme of this show I always say this but when you're a kid or like even in high school you just walk into Blockbuster yeah. and there's it's such a visual like visceral experience because you see all these like covers and, and, and that's you're judging every movie by its cover almost. of course and you know you're just like oh that, that looks cool that looks like it gets me <laughs> and at that point I think I was already in films or taking films class so I was too too cool for the movies on the wall at Blockbuster because those were the new <laughs> yeah. releases yeah the side wall yeah so, and then the center was the older films that's where I would go because that's like where the good movies are and I think I, I found it there because at that point it was obviously a couple years old already isn't it so cool when you're that age and you discover like a non-mainstream good film? Amazing. Like it feels so good. Like yeah, I'm trying to think of the movie that made me realize that it, there's not just like kids movies or like beyond that. Um, but yeah, once you find that, it's it's great. Yeah, I like you mentioned films class. So we had a teacher, Mr. Housley. Yes. And he, like, I think he introduced a lot of the grade to like. Mainstream films I look back now, but they didn't feel like mainstream. They were no. like deep impact, you know. Yes, exactly. <laughs> like, um, like oh, Internal Sunshine. Sure. Um, Lost in Translation. Mm-hmm. You know, like films like that that were like, oh, okay. Like one I remember seeing, like Motorcycle Diaries. Like I went to the theater to see Motorcycle Diaries. Me too. I like, saw. It, I went with Scududo. We didn't know it was going to be in Spanish, and then me when too. it starts, it's we started thing, laughing. You know? We're like, oh, great. <laughs> but, but then, like you know, you start getting into like these kind of films, and it just. I, I say that's like for a lot of film nerds, which is a lot of people listen to this podcast, obviously. Yeah, yeah. It's such an awesome, like, transitional time. Like, again, I hadn't seen this movie until I was an adult, but like a real adult. Not a, not a <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I could see how this movie, like, the first time you saw it, like, would just, you could connect to it so much. Absolutely. 
And then there's movies like that I watch that I still love, like High Fidelity, that like I felt like I connected back then, but there's mm-hmm. no possible way I connected as like a freshman or sophomore in high school. Yeah, of course. To a not. movie about like a like guy going over like five of his breakups, you know? <laughs> now I connect to it a lot more. Yeah, sure. <laughs> but But then yeah, there's really no frame of reference. It was almost ugh. It was, it was like romantic to to relate to something like that in a way. Yeah, like, because it was yeah. so not deep impact or a kids movie. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it was like in the middle, like before. Yeah, totally, absolutely. So on this show, um, you you brought up Blockbuster. Wait, didn't you work at Blockbuster I did. at one point? I worked at Blockbuster for a couple of years. That's a cool experience. It like. was. I never did so little and so much at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> we literally just hung out and watched movies. and just... Which is so cool. For the kids out there, again, they're probably not listening to this podcast, yes. but for like the kids out there growing up who are never going to know what a blockbuster is, yeah. like you worked inside Netflix. Like, you know, Basically, like, yeah. It's <laughs> yeah, the yeah, weirdest yeah. thing. Like, I had people that would come and like ask for my opinion. Like They'd come. You know what I mean? It was like a community almost. Yeah. I've met friends. I still have a friend. My friend Dave I met who's uh, at Blockbuster. We're the Netflix and chill generation or whatever, but I think that's something people are missing that maybe like podcast and certain like blogs and websites are like filling in that void but before sure. like your film community was like your blockbuster absolutely friends. yeah <laughs> totally which was great so every week i read either the back of the vhs cover or the back of the dvd cover so this one is dvd because it's like it's still the dvd generation yes uh maybe blu-ray i'm not sure but I don't think people bought. I think this they just put Blu-ray. it on Criterion recently. Yeah, which is, which is awesome. Which I'm assuming they did Blu-ray. If they didn't, then it's kind of pointless. <laughs> who buys DVDs? <laughs> who, who, but who really buys Blu-rays either? No, exactly. But if you're <laughs> if you're gonna put it out, it's got to be the Blu-ray. Yeah, because again, this the, movie because the color palette's really nice. Yeah, the, for sure. The only people who are buying Blu-rays are people who are collectors. Collectors, exactly. So, yeah. yeah. So, so here's the back of the DVD, and it's honestly probably the longest one we've ever had. Interesting. It's like two paragraphs that just repeat itself, but I'll read it now. They're high school graduates, and the world's got hell to pay. Hot new talents, Dora Birch and Scarlett Johansson, sneak into your heart and stay there in this up, uproaring. Uh, sorry, I wrote this uproaringly. Down, I think, but I don't think I wrote it right. But whatever, we'll say uproaringly fine. funny from the acclaimed director of Crumb. With Brad Renfro, Alina Douglas, and Steve Buscemi in the best role of his career, this whip-smart comedy is a surprise gem. While their classmates heads for college, Enid and Rebecca focus their energies on tormenting those around them. No. From a goofy convenience store clerk to an eccentric art teacher, these two saboteurs wreak havoc on <laughs> all who cross their paths. Some executive wrote this. There's no way the filmmakers oh, wrote this. Sorry to cut you But off. when... No, 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 please. I love it. But when they zero in on an oddball loner looking for Miss Wright, their seemingly innocent meddling threatens to shatter one of their hearts, not to mention their lifelong friendship. Yeah, it's like not the movie. <laughs> so we've noticed on this podcast that most people who write these seems like they've never seen the film. Yeah, it's ridiculous. It's like they look at the cover. Oh, that seems right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or like they just, they scrolled through it like they're in some office at like whatever. Absolutely. Like there's a lot of repetitiveness and that the back here makes it seem more like a farce. It does. <laughs> than, than what it is. And also, it also makes it sound like that Enid and Rebecca are just going around town just like <laughs> messing with people. Like it just, obviously like there's part of that but like it just doesn't make sense. But I think Again, they, these were more targeted where, like, now we want to know what a movie's like, we watch the trailer. But back then, it was just based on That's the cover. That's true, yeah, because you couldn't go online, really, and watch a trailer yet. That seems more fun, I guess you could say, for, like, the, the more um, mainstream viewer. It would get more people to buy it, for Yeah, sure. like, oh, this seems like a fun film. Like, yeah, you know, It's yeah, colorful yeah. and 
a lot of hijinks, you know? Yeah. But that's not it at all. If the back said something along the lines of, like, a really, like, sobering reality tale, of, well, you know, I, I'm just, like, over-exaggerating. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Probably not going to sell. Yeah. Um, Probably not. Her misanthropic lead character and <laughs> her, her silly dad. I don't know. Okay, so let's run through this cast. Um, Thora Birch is yes. our lead here. She plays Enid. Yes. Um, American Beauty, she's also in Hocus Pocus. She is. is a, a favorite girl. of a lot of people. Definitely a good film. And also the film Now and Then, which I know is one of your favorites. I don't recall it. Just, it? It's like a film with like like four women. It's about candy? No, no, no. About Get candy. It? Oh, Now and Later, sorry. I, was, oh. <laughs> I just bombed. I tried no, to it's like four women oh, and like their present self and their past self. Was that Rosie O'Donnell? Yeah, Rosie O'Donnell. Oh, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I remember that. <laughs> uh, Melanie Griffith. Griffith. Name? Griffith, um, yeah, 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 Melly Griffith. Yeah. Right, Griffith, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> and I think Christina Ricci is one of the girls Yeah, as yeah, well. yeah. Um, speaking of Christina Ricci, she was the one that people originally suggested to play Enid. Okay. But then they said she was too old, but I can still see it. Yeah, absolutely. The studio suggested before Thora Birch, Claire Danes, or Jennifer Love Hewitt, which I can't really see. No, definitely not Jennifer Love Hewitt. She's like, yeah, definitely not her. She's too pretty. She's too pretty and like lovable. Like, yeah, I, I yeah. I never hate Jennifer Love Hewitt because even when I hate Jennifer Love Hewitt as like the popular girl, yeah, yeah, you like don't really like because like, like she always played the popular girl that was like nice to the geeks. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. Like she always played that character. And then Claire Danes, I just can't see her being, like, play, like, an alternative character like that. No. Like, now, like, her stuff is a little bit more like that, but just doesn't, she doesn't have, like, these stats. Like, Thora no. I think, great. Yeah, like, and she, I think she had to gain a lot, she gained a lot of weight. Yeah, she gained this. 20 pounds for it, but she doesn't look like... No, she looks good. I mean, yeah, like, I don't... Yeah, yeah. She's got big head. Maybe she was, like, very... I think she's really thin. Yeah, I mean, I think she? she's really thin. Yeah, I guess, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I, honestly, I think she does an awesome job. Yeah, she's great. And Scarlett Johansson as... Yeah, we haven't seen her much since this movie. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But she does a great performance in this. She's actually, like, really, really awesome in this, too, uh, as Rebecca, obviously, again. Mm -hmm. She's a superstar now. But she hadn't done much before this. The only things that I recognized before this were the horse whisper. I was going to say, wasn't this some horse thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) And Home Alone 3, she's apparently... I've never seen that. So, Steve Buscemi, Mm -hmm. I think one of your favorites... He's great, yeah. I like him. He plays Seymour, because um, you're a Sopranos guy. <sighs> yeah, I mean... Okay, Brian. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know that again. Okay, um, yeah, yeah. Uh, no, yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I love The Sopranos, and he is in one season of The Sopranos, that is true. <laughs> <laughs> What's his name? Uh, he's Tony. Oh, he's Tony. Tony B? Tony, Tony B. Tony, yes. Tony Uncle something. Uncle Tony. Other Uncle Tony. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Obviously. Ichabod Crane. That's what they make fun of him. <laughs> Boardwalk Empire... Um, Which I only saw the first season, not a big fan of. Steve Buscemi's an interesting guy, because like, I was looking at his IMDb, and I mean, obviously I know... Oh, he them. was a firefighter in 9-11. Yeah. No one mentions that ever. He, he Just was... kidding, everybody mentions that. <laughs> <laughs> but he was a long-time firefighter, too. And he got his start in the... Um, that whole like East Village, no wave film movement okay. with like you know CBGB, Blondie kind of stuff. Sure, yeah. Which yeah, is yeah. like... That's like a pretty cool place to get your start, and then... Yeah, I played there a couple times. What... Oh, it's a shoe store now. Yeah, so. no, no. Uh, go ahead, sorry, I cut you off. <laughs> but he's like done. He's done so many films. Yeah, he's prolific in a way. I don't think people like really knew his name until not even this film. I don't think he was a household name. I think until like 
Boardwalk Empire and like, you think? I mean, to me, I did, but we did because we watched a lot of movies, and yeah. I know him from the Adam Sandler movies. I guess that's the really that's the where first, like I putting exactly. the lipstick on. Yeah, putting. I was just gonna say putting the lipstick on is like the first like visions of him, or like like a uh, Big Daddy. Yeah, um, yeah. Also, th- there's that film Airheads too. True. He's worked with every big director. Yeah, maybe absolutely. not Spielberg. I can't think of like a Spielberg Probably film. Not. But uh, you know, he's in Fargo. He doesn't like... look like he'd be in a Spielberg film. <laughs> no, he doesn't. He doesn't have that. He just has such a unique look, and I think he. I don't. It says like his best role in this. I don't know about that. No, no, no. I wouldn't say that. At but all. I think he does an awesome job. Oh, as he's well. fantastic. I can't picture anybody else really playing no, this guy. No, absolutely not. Would you say that he's a character actor? I feel like he is, but he like. He like surpasses the idea of just being a character actor. He's a character actor, but he's not. Do you know what I mean? I like he's still always Steve Buscemi, but I don't mean that in a bad way. No, not at you all. Know, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Like, like Ellen's always Ellen. Like nothing. Of course, in a lot of films, but you know what I mean. Like yeah, Ellen, great reference. <laughs> I don't know. I'm trying to think. Fucking Ellen. There are always people who are always people. Even okay, nine times out of ten, Julia Roberts is Julia Roberts. And yeah. That doesn't make her Terrible. bad. No, she sucks. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I try to be nice. Fuck Julia Roberts. But Steve Buscemi always like puts his own twist on a character, but he definitely is playing like characters and sometimes really out there characters he said this character made him so uncomfortable that he immediately changed his clothes at the end of the day really after every scene which which is funny but it's interesting i I think it was like the him and like the 18 year old thing probably oh not that it was illegal because no yeah but it's still kind of like weird yeah 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 i guess because he's i don't know i guess i guess you consider him i don't but i guess from the outsider's view he could be pathetic in a way oh yeah for sure with his uh, roommate and stuff, yeah. So now I can't believe it's taken us this long to mention it, but uh, Ghost World is based on a graphic novel, mm-hmm. a very famous graphic novel. It's have my you, favorite comic book movie. I was gonna say, have you? Is it? Yes. I guess technically, right? Yeah. I know you're a big Fantastic Four guy, but the newest one is fantastic. <laughs> it lives up to its name. Redundant ass I am. Yeah, it's fantastic. Can't think of a better adjective. I hate myself. <laughs> um. Have you read the graphic novel? I have. Okay, I'm not a big graphic novel guy. I've read it like a decade ago, maybe. It's different, but it's the same. Yeah, apparently one of the biggest changes is Seymour, um, mm-hmm. who is not as big of a character in that. Yeah, it's more about uh, Enid and Rebecca, I suppose, and I, I can't really remember, but yeah, it's not exactly the same. I mean, I like the artwork in it, um, from what I see, but again... Yeah, no, it's great. I mean, I only read it because I liked the movie. Which, uh, fun fact about like the graphic novel, it's the first comic or graphic novel to ever be nominated for Best Adapted Screenplay. Interesting. Which is, I mean, we're in like such a comic book age now, and it happens from time to time. Um, the Wolverine was just nominated. Makes sense. Um, but like, yeah, so I thought that was pretty cool. So Wait, Is it called The Wolverine? The newest one. It's called The Wolverine? Uh, no, 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 no. Fuck. I can't think of it. Logan, Wolver- there we go, Wolverine Logan. Was the second. I mean, yeah, which was, was that what he goes like, Japan, that movie's bad. Yeah, 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 whoa, I was wrong. No, yeah. the Wolverine is the second one. Yeah. Logan was nominated. Logan. I don't think the Wolverine was nominated. <laughs> <laughs> I hope not. I wouldn't be surprised. What's the first one? That one wasn't good either. Logan was good, but the first one, I don't remember. Yeah, I only think of Logan being good. Like, like, I, I think that was like the consensus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Brad, Brad Renfro mm-hmm. played Josh. Yeah. And all I know is he died at 25. He did, he died young. Rest in peace. And he was on the film Tom and Huck. And did you ever see Bully? Bully. Bully's crazy. Is it a high school film? I think they're still in high school. Mm, Got to write that down. No, I haven't seen that one. Might they might be just out? Yeah, I think they're still in high school. It's it's set in Florida. It's it's a it's one of the craziest movies ever. Really? Wow. It's really 
creepy and violent, but not creepy in a horror movie. You might way. have to come back for They're that. They're just despicable people in that movie. It's based on a real true story. Wow. Bully, writing it down. There's murder and creepy sex stuff in it, and it just really up the your director. Alley. Um, I can't think of his name. I think he did Larry Clark. Larry Clark, who okay. makes those like kind of weird movies, yeah, like yeah. Gummo and all that. Bully's crazy. That's cool. Definitely it. gotta check it out. Yeah, yeah. So we have Alina Douglas as Roberta, Eliana, the art teacher. Eliana, is Eliana? I think it is. I've definitely seen her before, but I don't remember from what. She's in. Uh, Cape Fear. He, oh yeah, yeah, yeah good he one. bites her. Um, <laughs> she was actually, I think she was with Scorsese for like a decade. Like there were a couple. For oh a really? Time, yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Good fact. Then you have There's guy like Bob Balaban as Enid's dad. Oh yeah, he's hilarious. Yeah, and he, he he's like perfect for this role as well. Yeah, it's like him. I, yeah, exactly. if I met him in real life. That's what he's I someone he always plays like him. Yeah, yeah. You I know. don't even. I can't even think of anything else he's been. I know I've seen him, but offhand, I can't think of anything. Yeah, he's just here and there. He's yeah, in, yeah, like stuff. He's in like Wes Anderson films. Like true. Like, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gotcha. Then he ends up dating Maxine, played by Terry Gar. Yeah. Um, the note was that they're both in Close Encounters of the Third Kind together. So apparently they're in that, but I don't remember that. <laughs> I remember her, but I don't remember him. Yeah, I know. Um, who else did I write down? Oh, David Cross like appears. Yeah, he does at, at some point. At the party. Um, oh, Dave Sheridan is a guy who plays that convenience store weirdo. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think he's done that role again in, like, the Chili Peppers video or something. Yeah, apparently there's, like, a shtick, and he was somebody suggested by Mike Judge, which makes so much sense. He looks like a Mike Judge character. Yeah, he looks, character. Like, he looks like he's fucking a character in Beavis and Butthead. Totally. Like, drawn in there. So. Absolutely. <laughs> when I read that note, I'm like, I have to say this, because, like, that's... It's like yeah, perfect. It's, yeah, it's literally <laughs> out of that world. Like he stepped out of that and into the ghost world. Um, and then you mentioned uh, the director. Sorry, so cool. There's also yeah, the I don't know his no. name, but uh, Seymour's roommate is. The, I just know oh, him yeah. from Heavyweights. Heavyweights, he's in. He's also in um, the Birdcage. Is he? I don't recall. He's him. like the reporter, like oh, tracking them down. That's funny. But he's in, he's like has like scenes. Like, that scene. He's like the same guy in like films too. Yeah, you know, he's not yeah. that guy, but yeah, I've definitely seen him a lot too. Totally. Um, oh, but t- like I said, directed by wait, how do you say the guy's name? I think it's Zwigoff, Terry Zwigoff. Yeah. That's how I always say it. <laughs> right, directed by Terry Zwigoff. Yeah, I mean, he's a name I know, but he hasn't done too much. I mean, he's most famous, as I said before, for Crumb. Have you seen Crumb? Of course, yeah, I've seen that. I haven't seen Crumb in a very long time. I enjoyed like, it. I just remember that family being crazy. Like the bro- I think the like the whole family's really weird. I saw Crumb like at I think like me trying to be smart phase like okay. a long time not a long time ago probably like college you know sure like oh this is an interesting piece and I haven't seen it in a while yeah but I think this is his first like feature feature like fictional feature I think so I think you're totally right about that and then he did another movie that I saw he did Art School Confidential Art, which is another uh, he did it with Daniel Klaus. Yeah, which is the writer of the graphic novel, and yeah. he co-wrote this screenplay as well. Which have you seen? Art School Confidential. Yeah, it's a miss on me. I, I remember I watched it once, and it just didn't really do much. It definitely was one of those movies I rented because of the cover. 
Sure. For some reason, when I think of Art School Confidential, I think of The Squid and the Whale, even though they're not like... No, Squid and the Whale's a good movie. I no, I know, but yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I, I definitely like rented them. It was probably around the same time. Yeah, like rented yeah, totally. them the yeah, time, yeah. Like, well, Let me rent this and this, you know? When there was like that new uprising of like independent directors. Yeah, like Focus Features. Focus Features, like, yeah, yeah. I would watch anything Focus Features. That was my <laughs> shit back in the day. <laughs> it really was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it was so cool. Like, you put in the Focus Features DVD, and then it showed like all the other Focus Features films. Like, mm-hmm. shit, I'm watching The Signs of Sleep tomorrow. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Signs of Sleep, that's so funny. I like sleep. I hear that like uh, that music they have for the focus features yeah. like Pavlov's dog like my head <laughs> turned towards that uh, that like sound or whatever. Like that movie's gonna make me think. <laughs> Side note: Arts School Confidential. The waiter in Ghost World at the Fifties Diner is in naked in Art School Confidential. Oh really? Yeah, he's like one of the nude <laughs> artists, and it's so creepy. Um, that's all I remember. That about guy that is it like a very interesting look? Ooh. Yes, it's somebody like you don't want to see naked. Yeah, they call them weird. And this is a movie that I think largely kind of, besides for like that artistic crowd and the indie film fan crowd, like went under the radar because this is not a movie a lot of people talk about. No, yeah, yeah. But if you look at the consensus on Rotten Tomatoes, it's 92% like positive by critics is it really? That's and crazy. 84% by the audience, which is really high. But like, who is the audience? Is I don't question. know, because like, people love to love independent movies like this. You know what I mean? Like, It's like something you would think more people would talk about. My like barometer for the mainstream is like, would my mom like this movie? Oh, okay, and, yeah, I don't mean like... And, and see, my mom would probably not understand this movie. Oh, hate, yeah, 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 this yeah. Movie. Not like hate, like, oh, this movie like sucks so yeah, bad, but she's like... She can't relate to this. Like, the, yeah, end, yeah, yeah. the end would be like, I don't Wait, get what? it. what? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's over, you know? <laughs> totally, no, absolutely. So I was a little surprised seeing, like, the 84% audience score, but the 92% critics didn't... Uh, that didn't surprise me, because, like, it's it's a really, like, realistic film to me, believe it or not, and a really, like, pretty film. Like, the palette is... It's fa- yeah, it's great. It, it's not... It's a bit oversaturated, but like in a good way. Like the colors. Yeah, are... I think that's like purposeful. Yeah, I think they were trying to, without making it cheesy, uh, make it look a little bit more like a comic. Or yeah, a, a it wasn't like the panels, you know. Like... No, yeah. <laughs> like was that one, Merkin Splendor or something? I think they. Did, oh like, yeah, that that one or... does it, or yeah. you know, like the Eric Bana Hulk film. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> like nine Hulks ago. Yeah. Like people. Hulk who's... has never worked as a standalone. Uh, the one, I liked the one, which is really pretty, though it's really a Thor film, the newest Thor film I like. That's what I'm saying. I'm yeah. saying like a standalone Hulk movie, yeah, like the Norton Hulk. one or no, the they, one. No, because I don't think they even did, because there was the, there was Ed, the Banna, yeah, like you said, the, the Ed Norton. Norton, that's it, right? Like they yeah, haven't yeah, done they a solo, they haven't done a, yeah, a Ruffalo solo. Not every character needs to have their own solo movie. But that's people get mad. Point. Should Black Willow, Widow get a solo? Because that's like that's topical today. And it that's is. Like a... I mean, if she's gonna wear those pants, I'll watch it. <laughs> Stupid. <laughs> I really don't care. I won't watch it. Actually, I lied. No, I don't know. Like, it's not about her or anything like that. It's just some people are just better on the team. Yeah, like not everyone has to be like. Because even the Thor one that I thought was good was not just like Thor hanging out. Like, no. you know, Hulk was there and other people were there. But Yeah, yeah. This is another conversation. I <laughs> hey, it's comic book film day. True. Okay. <laughs> the 300, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that was so cool. Uh, so let's get into um, some scenes and some topics. I just wrote a couple scenes down to, yeah, like, to cool. discuss. First of all, we should discuss because it is one of the most high school scenes and that's like why we're here it's just like that whole graduation oh it's fantastic which again i love and i have learned 
that to overcome life's obstacles, you need faith, hope, and above all, a sense of humor. bunch of retards. God, I know. I thought the chipmunk face was never gonna shut up. <laughs> I know. I liked her so much better when she was an alcoholic crack addict. Mm. She gets in one car wreck and all of a sudden she's the woman's perfect and everyone loves her. Let's see if they gave me the right to diploma. What? What? These assholes are saying I have to go to summer school and take some stupid art class. Why? God, I didn't think that just because you get an F, you have to take the whole class over again. Loser. Because graduations are so, like, awkward to begin with, and a lot of people, like, congratulating you for, like... I don't want to say, like, what did you do, but, like, most people graduate. Like, yeah, of course. Not... I think they even make that joke. Like, oh, what an amazing achievement when you graduated yeah, high school. Yeah, and, and, and I love that about it. It's so, like, realistic in that sense. But, oh, that speaker who's, like... Like from a car accident. Oh yeah, and then make a joke about her. <laughs> and also the, the that dance crew. It's like oh, so realistic. God. There'd be some terrible like dance crew. It's oh, so God. cringeworthy. Yeah. Oh, so bad. Like the the injured girl or whatever is perfect because, and we're, we don't need to name names because I know we went to the same high school. But I just mean this. There in, was the injured in kid. general. There's always somebody who had some kind of either injury or breakdown or mm -hmm. something right who might not have been a really great person before that but suddenly they came back and everyone treats them like a saint exactly and it's, it's like it's frustrating you know it is and uh, people deserve second chances i'm not saying they don't but it's also like it's frustrating yes yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and they depict that so well and mm -hmm. then like you said this dance troupe is so perfect for the time like to yeah one like just like spitting out the 90s essentially mm -hmm. yeah, yeah yeah totally like no one would dance like that now at a high school but there would be a dance you know what i mean like so, something whatever like we're not like performance in yeah i have no for, idea like, what high school is like like now. 17 year olds so we don't know like what they're liking but it would be something along with it yeah probably just sending <laughs> nude snapchats and i don't know pretty much what the kids do I've heard. yeah yeah <laughs> oh and then like you go right kind of to that dance that like post yeah yeah that post dance. like the party yeah, yeah yeah did you go to any dances in high school mm -hmm. I don't like remember you uh, was there, there dances in high school in high school yeah the only thing I went like to I went to I went to senior year prom for about an hour and a half <laughs> you don't seem like the prom guy I think my mom was just like you gotta go I don't know and, and probably like like if my I don't have a kid but if I theoretically have a kid it's like, should I go to should I go to prom I'd be like yeah go to prom but like stay as long as you want do what you want. You don't have to, like, go through all the motions. Wear whatever you want to wear within reason. Yeah, yeah, you yeah, know? yeah. Not, like, a shirt with an AK-47 on it. No. Like, <laughs> or, like, that really funny shirt that people wear where, like, it's a t-shirt, but it oh looks God, like a tuxedo. No, I hope that's not my son. <laughs> I love those shirts. They're so funny. <laughs> well, they used to call you Mr. Hot Topic. They did. No one called me that. You're an asshole. <laughs> yeah, you were just joking. <laughs> Like everyone called you Mr. Ariel Pastel or whatever. I, I did wear a lot. Did of you really? Aeropostel. I was just guessing. Like freshman year, I wore like a lot of Ariel Pastel. Yeah, um, I mean, of course, I got stuff at, but I uh, I got band T-shirts at Hot Topic. But I would mostly go down to like St. Mark's or like oh, the West yeah. Village. <laughs> no, no, no. 
like Hot Topic though is a really really funny place because I think and it's still around and still apparently does very well. I think so. Yeah. I mean, but the mall is such an alien concept to me these days. Absolutely. I don't think malls are as popular as they were. The trend about malls now are dead malls, and like there's a lot of people like on YouTube like they'll go to like a dead mall and like, <laughs> like walk around, and they're 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 kind of cool because they have like these 80s aesthetic and stuff. It's it is such a weird like place like yeah. neon or like yeah yeah carpet. a lot of them where we grew up those malls were renovated I think but like there's areas of the US <laughs> where like there wasn't the money to do so so all the malls still look have that you aesthetic. know I think in high school we went to the Bergen Mall remember that That's like one. before they renovated it but yes. that was like a dead mall the basement with we, the church oh, and there was a church in the basement as well as like a Magic the Gathering like games Village, workshop yeah. place totally and they were like painting the models and we saw like roaches was, wow that's like awesome. the decay of like the 80s like Reagan yeah like, yeah Reagan America decaying into something else you know Reagan Clinton America was like we don't want to get political but yeah, yeah no <laughs> oh yeah no but like places like Hot Topic or it was like the Zoomies was Zoomies yeah. you know Pac Sun even before Pac Sun got big because Blink-182 with like the Hurley t-shirts oh and yeah all no it's true and it's it's funny because it, now I would imagine it's a lot easier to kind of be <sighs> I don't want to say counterculture. That sounds well. Like yeah, because so, you could go like, online. Like, if I wanted to find like yes. a band T-shirt, like I had to go and find it. Like, yeah. If I wanted a special T-shirt, I literally walked around like Canal Street or whatever Broadway and Canal. Exactly, and it wasn't. And we're lucky that we live near the city. And I know we've talked about this before. You and I both had parents who were like somewhat either from the city mm-hmm. or like knew the city well. But yeah, we grew absolutely. up with a lot of kids whose parents were like, "You never go into the city." Yeah, you know? and we didn't, we grew up really close to it too. It seems far, like but what twenty is it? minutes. Yeah, twenty minutes, and you could be you know over the GW. But there, yeah, again, it was a different time um, yeah it wasn't i mean probably more dangerous when we were going in but it wasn't like crazy crazy dangerous as dangerous as certain people that we grew up with thought it was of course yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. and we could find that kind of stuff i remember like it sounds weird like going to soho and buying band t-shirts because yeah. now like that even like soho now Soho then was like not even like grungy no but so yeah. oh, now you could you can't really no, do you can't, yeah absolutely not <laughs> but i remember going in and, and like finding these stores and being yeah like, this is like there was that one like yellow rat bastard yes and yellow then, rat bastard and, and then it became like a mall store. and then there was yeah yellow and then canal jeans was another big one it was yeah like, remember canal jeans yeah i got a lot of shirts or like there was like there used to just be a lot more like army navy surplus army navy surplus were the best i think were, there's the only one left where the grace of papaya used to be like next to it in the west village remember oh that? really yeah yeah, yeah. that's there's cool. one more army navy store there yeah no i remember like the, a lot of those disappearing i bought this oh and someone stole it in high school oh no i bought this cool nato issued like side bag like yeah yeah, yeah it was like a medics bag it yeah, has a awesome. medic symbol and i loved it and like an idiot you and i both had like were kind of like a little messy at times it's more me if you looked at my backpack it looked like a hurricane I'll yes like yeah, backpack yeah, yeah. wise right yeah mess. so uh, my backpack was a terrible thing so i couldn't like fit more stuff in it so i would leave stuff we had like a lost and found um <laughs> shelf by the cafeteria so i just leave my excess stuff there oh no and then eventually the bag got stolen and i'm like surprise surprise like, yeah, i use that think? as my auxiliary locker that's so funny <laughs> it was super hard to dress the way you really really wanted to dress i could not it was like now skinny jeans are everywhere. Well, you can't not have back in the day. Walmart. Yeah, yeah. Back in the day in high school, when I, you know, I would look at like pictures of like the Clash. Like I wanted those like tight jeans or tight pants. They were like impossible to find. Almost, I had to wear. We'd end up buying girls' pants. <laughs> That's what we had to do. We had to buy so girls' pants. Yeah, so absolutely, it was like it was it was like a, a a mission to find certain things. I would like look for like 
old stuff from relatives, mm-hmm. you know, like stuff at garage sales that people totally. would, would throw, um, be like throwing out, mm-hmm. you know? And yeah, I remember you like with the blazers and stuff. Like, yeah, like I remember your look too, I feel like. Oh, yeah. yeah, I, yeah I, I was yeah. very different than my look now, but I definitely like would have a lot of blazers, a lot of like. In a nice way. You dress nice. Yeah. Graphic tees. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But not like. I grew out of the Aeropostale graphic tees. I'm Absolutely. more like, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. like Wonder Bread. <laughs> like yeah, that's so like funny. That. Yeah, 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 yeah. Before those were like around too. Like yeah, uh, and then they became like really mainstream. But it sounds silly. I think when we're talking about this, we don't want to come off as like it's like really mainstream or not cool. We're just like saying it how it was. Like it was hard. <laughs> how to it was stuff. and what we wanted to be and what aesthetic we want to have. Yeah. And it was it's related to this film because we look at it now and watching this film. And Enid, both Enid and Rebecca, especially early movie Rebecca, mm-hmm. are like wearing these cool clothes. But back in two thousand one, their clothing was outrageous, probably. Yeah. Like, like, but now it's not as weird. No, there was always like, you'd see the one girl dressed as like a punk rocker or something. But like now, like alternative, like I'll see people like dressed sort of like punk rocky, and they don't even know they're dressing that way. No, not at all. So many people wear like the button-up shirts with like the Doc Martens, and it's like do you, I don't think you know you're dressed like no. a white supremacist. Right now. You <laughs> don't even know it. You look like <laughs> like a, a Nazi punk. No, know? but it's I kind of like the fashion of now, believe it or not, versus like the fashion of where we grew up. Because like you said, like they don't know what they're doing, but it's mm-hmm. still cooler than like yeah, okay. Abercrombie years. Of course. Or even like in our early twenties it was like people were into like the clubbing aesthetic a lot more. I guess yeah, I didn't really talk to people. <laughs> <laughs> but it was like the No, yeah, I like know. Like the starchy mean. striped shirts with like the starchy collars, you know, like Sure, yeah, yeah. The whole like uh <laughs> what was that called that show? Uh, Jersey Shore. Yeah, Jersey Shore, but like where, what happened to those club people? They didn't disappear. Uh, like, like the hipsters and like yeah, the club yeah. people merged. I think so. Yeah. <laughs> Even like hipster, I think is different now than when it was a couple years ago. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess my point of like bringing this all up and saying this is that like this movie's really ahead of its time when it comes to like, I just, like the fashion and just like the people they kind of are. Yeah. Even the music she listens to. The music in this film is like great and like from the like. Buscemi's old music collection. I'm not yeah, saying yeah, I'm yeah. into that kind of music. No, no, I'm not no, going to yeah, pretend yeah. that I yeah, like, not, know yeah. all that stuff. I don't listen to Helen Wolf all <laughs> But it's just like the whole vinyl thing. You yeah, know? oh, totally. Yeah, absolutely. Like the high fidelity vinyl and the cracks. That part, the vinyl party's hilarious. Yeah, oh, God. That's a great scene. That's mm-hmm. a great scene. Even the way uh, Edith gets her music, she has to go to the tape trading guy who you see later in the movie, who makes fun of her for dressing like a punk rocker. Like, she had it, because, like, even the music she was listening to wasn't mainstream at the time, so she kind of had to search it out before the internet to find it. Yeah, which is, again, awesome. And I love, I love that whole scene, and, the, the, you know, she, she dyes her hair green, mm-hmm. and she comes in, she looks like a, a punk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And how just everyone is just not feeling yeah. it. <laughs> Dude, this is authentic. <sighs> It's great on, like, so many levels, because, like, fuck them, but also a little bit fuck her, you know? <laughs> sure. Yeah, yeah, totally. But, you know, she's a kid. Like, and that's... I think she looks cool. <laughs> yeah, she does, yeah. I want to get into just, like, basically what the crux of this film is with Seymour. Sure. In terms of, like... While the, while the whole summary, I wouldn't say, is accurate, it is true in a sense. It hits beats, of course. Yeah. Where Seymour is just, like, this, uh, you know, for lack of a better word, kind of a loser. Mm-hmm guy um certainly not the social butterfly if you will they see like an ad in the paper yes it was like a uh 
like missed encounters. Yeah, like that would be on like Craigslist. Not even now because Craigslist, I don't think is a thing. But like Craigslist, like yeah, ten yeah. years ago. Craigslist, yeah, they took away all like dating stuff. And he has some like a misconnection, right? Yes, misconnection. That's what it's yeah. called. Like he has a misconnection ad. Something, yeah, yeah. Basically. And they decide to kind of prank the guy. He goes to meet, and obviously they stand him up, but. And then they go to his like garage sale thing. Yeah, yeah. So like he, they pretend to be the girl in the ad, or Enid does in the voicemail to meet them out at the diner. Um, and then they just watch him sit there for a while, and it's like just sad because he's waiting for a date that's not coming. Yeah, which they're laughing at, but you know. And then... No, it's funny, but at the same time, it's really <laughs> mean. There's a great line in that scene too. He's drinking uh, a milkshake, and Enid goes, uh, he's, "Why is he drinking a big glass of milk?" <laughs> Brad Renfro's character is like, it's a milkshake. <laughs> I love the like little lines like that, you know? As much as I like Enid and I relate to her as a character, there's so many lines she says they are just like... I, stuff I've definitely said, too. Like, just kind of trying to be cool, for lack of a better word. Not not accepted cool, but like... Yeah, yeah. Like a line like that. Yeah, It's yeah, like perfect. It's just like, like, lay off. He's drinking a milkshake. Yeah. So, the, so we have the whole, like, vinyl thing where they, they go to the garage sale. She's, mm-hmm. At first she kind of pretends to be into the vinyls, but then... Just to, yeah, just to talk with him. Because, like, she finds him to be, like, this really weird person. <laughs> I like when they learn his name Seymour and she turns to, uh... And she, like, mouths, like, Seymour. <laughs> <laughs> and then they build, like, a Her Ina, not really Rebecca. Rebecca the whole time is kind of like, you're weird. This is weird. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You could tell, like, like whether still, like, hanging on to high school or whatever. Like, she's she's in on the drug with Enid. Like, they go to... You're right. They go to the diner and they see their friend from high school or whatever. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they see we the Satanists. Totally hang out. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, we should also mention, like, Rebecca and her, like, neither of them are going to college, which they kind of mentioned mm-hmm. at the dance. And their plan is to move out together get real jobs. Yeah, just be on their just, own. And just be on their own and kind of escape their weird family lives. Do we ever learn about Rebecca's family life in this I'm going to assume it's film? normal. Yeah, we don't really hear Yeah, you it. don't. But, uh, but yeah. Enid's obviously lives... With she lives dad. with her dad. You don't know about her mom. Don't know about her mom. Eventually, as we mentioned, like the dad starts dating, I guess, an old girlfriend. Yeah. Maxine. Maxine, who's just Which like... is... It's so weird, like, just speaking of someone whose parents are divorced, it's always weird to see your parent, like, with, with somebody else, no matter, like, how yeah. many years have passed. Sure, like, yeah. I, that line that Maxine has is like, oh, I'm curious, something along the lines, like, I'm curious of what you're doing. I feel like, you know, I had a little bit of a part Yeah, I can help but think I had, like, a hand in your upbringing. Yeah, yeah like, ooh, like, ugh, like, I would... I get terrible. Like, I and get she's the look with those glasses. Yeah. She's just like horrendous. Shut up! Yes. Like, shut up! Like anyone would say that. I like, think she said she. Uh, Enid says something like totally like sarcastic. Yeah, like terrible. I'm taking like again. I'm quoting. I believe she says something along the lines of like I'm taking a remedial uh, art class for retards. Yes. Like that. There you go. Oh god. That's pretty much it. So funny. <laughs> so you know, like definitely Enid wants to escape, whereas Rebecca is like so geared on finding the job. Yeah. Enid is. So like Terrible Rebecca wants is wants to do it and she's working towards it. She gets a job and Edith wants to do it, but she doesn't want to do any of the work that you have to do <laughs> to move out. Which especially I can relate to, especially at that age. Oh, absolutely. You know? <laughs> totally. Um, we and we're gonna be skipping around, but like Rebecca eventually gets like a Starbucks kind of job. Yeah, yeah, she's a barista, which is very straightforward. And you see her throughout the film, kind of dressing differently and, and like absolutely, yeah, acting a little bit more adult, which. 
really, I can't really mock, you know, like, she, I don't like it, but if you want to live no, on no, no, yeah, like yeah. that. She was doing what, like, a lot, what's sort of normal to do. <laughs> but I think her flaw is, is that she was with Enid in her frame mind, and then, like, all of a sudden, she really went, like, a 180. And that, that's, you could tell it's hurtful to Enid. Oh, absolutely. But then again, like, she doesn't, I like this movie because it has a character who, again, is relatable, but not necessarily, like, a hundred percent sympathetic. Like she, mm-hmm. Enid does mean things. Enid does stupid. Oh yeah, she's things. an asshole. Yeah, and like her complete like attitude at the movie theater when oh, she gets that job, which is hilarious. Do you serve beer? Any alcohol? I wish. Actually, you wish. After about five minutes of this movie, you're gonna wish you had ten beers. What are you doing? You don't ever criticize the feature. Why? What's the difference? I mean, we already got his money. (laughs) Look, that's the policy, okay? If you want to make up your own rules, open up your own theater. Yeah, let me have lots of butter on it. (laughs) There you go. Smothered in delicious yellow chemical sludge. What the hell is wrong with you? What? I was just joking around with the customers. It's my shtick. Well, lose it. And why aren't you pushing the larger sizes? Didn't you get training about upsizing? Yeah, but I feel really weird. It's pretty sleazy. (laughs) It's not optional. Hi. Uh, Can I get a medium 7-up? Medium? Why, sir? Do you not know that for a mere 25 cents more you could purchase a large beverage? And you know, I'm only telling you this because we're such good friends. Medium is really only for suckers who don't know the concept of value. What are you talking about? I mean, what kind of loser gets fired after one day? Yeah, yeah. I think that guy is in Napoleon Dynamite. Have you seen that? Yeah, I think you're right. The, like, the manager. Yeah, the manager there. Because he's like upsell. really like white hair. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so what is she like? She doesn't... She says the movie sucks. and like, Yeah, she, and basically makes fun of them for what they're eating. Like, yeah. Like fast food. And she gets fired in a day. And she's not even really phased by getting fired. No, she knows she's going to get fired, I think, when she acts that way. Yeah, she she'd like care. rather be... It sounds weird, like she'd rather be herself than hold a job. And you and I both know there's like some element of selling out if you want to maintain yeah. a job. If you expect to be a hundred percent yourself, like comment wise all the time in a job, then you better make it as a comedian or something, you know? Like, of course. I have a similar kind of situation. My mom wanted me to get a job after like uh, high school and I think I applied to like some supermarket and during the interview they're like, Can you pass a drug test? And I laughed and said no. <laughs> Even though I could, knowing that I wouldn't get the job so I could tell my mom sorry I didn't oh, get the job. <laughs> That's hilarious. So I pretended to be a drug addict to not get hired so I wouldn't have to work. This is before Blockbuster. <laughs> it's true, like you have to have some level of professionalism and decorum of course. in a job and mm-hmm. I look it took me a while to understand that, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I'll be honest with you. So that's kind of like Rebecca's plan. But the whole thing with Seymour kind of I don't want to say it's what splits them because it's more really like Rebecca getting professional that splits them as mm-hmm. friends, but also like 
Seymour really sidetracks Enid. And not his fault. Like it's, it's No, no, I she, think... He becomes her project, kind of. Exactly, yeah, yeah. Rather than, like, uh, getting a job or something, like, Seymour's, like, her job in a way. And Seymour's an interesting character to me, too, because he kind of he kind of lives in both worlds. Like, he has a corporate job, so, like, he is an adult, but at the same time, all he does is really is collect vinyls and collect... So, like, I think of Seymour as just, like, a mixture of both Rebecca and Enid. Right? That's a really good point. I think he's... I think you mentioned, I think he's like, he's like Enid. It's like Enid, I hope not, but theoretically in however many years older um, Seymour is. Yeah. Like, it's like it took him that long to even get, he's had, like, yeah, yeah, get yeah, there, yeah, because he, ha- yeah, he is like, in the, he probably climbed the corporate ladder of the fried chicken company. <laughs> and stuff. But yeah, he kind of, to me, he represents both of them. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, you're right, she becomes his project. Which, and, and now that we're like talking about it, it's funny because she, put so much more effort into that than getting a job like that it's like job level effort she puts into him like totally getting him like the date, the date or, yeah. <laughs> going to that concert go, yeah like it's crazy um there's that one scene where they go to like the sex store oh yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that has that famous i guess one thing i really remembered of this film the visual image is uh i guess he she like begs him to buy her that like S and M mask. Yeah, it's like almost like Batman in a way. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that S&M. she wears to visit Rebecca at like the Starbucks place, and she gets mad at her for not because she always wanted to go in there with her. <laughs> um, one of the things um, I I liked about this movie too, and it, this is like definitely high school related, is that her remedial art class. Mirror, father. Mirror. Mirror, father. Mirror. Mirror, father, mirror. Mirror, father, mirror. Mirror, father, mirror. That piece is entitled Mirror, Father, Mirror. I like to show it to people that I'm meeting for the first time because I think it says so much about who I am and what it feels like to inhabit my specific skin. (laughs) And this is exactly what I'm hoping to get from each of you over the course of this summer. A picture of your own self-exploration. Now, my own background is in video and performance art, but I'm hoping that doesn't influence you too much and you'll find your own ways of externalizing the internal. And at the end of the summer, this class has been invited to participate in a show of high school art at the Neighborhood Activity Center. The title of the show will be Brotherhood and Community art as dialogue are there any questions so far just first of all the teacher did you ever take art in high school no but she reminds me of our what was a middle school teacher miss uh helsley oh miss helsley yeah. you know kind of like hippie-ish yeah She's like, really into bob dylan She's yeah like, you know, brian you'd really like bob dylan or she loved but, george o'keefe i just george remember O'Keefe, that yeah, yeah, yeah. George O'Keefe. um yeah you know like no offense to art teachers out there i love art teachers and what a cool job to like teach art absolutely but 
I feel like art teachers fit in a certain genre of people. If that makes I wonder sense. if they're still like that. <laughs> oh, it's a good. It's a good question. You know what I mean, well, I, I think know. they're cutting a lot of art programs. Probably not where we grew up, but. But if you think about it, like a lot of art teachers are probably this, like that we knew, are probably the same age we are now. That's so weird. And yeah, I don't think they're yeah. people we necessarily wouldn't hang out with no. over the other teachers. Like they're probably like the quote-unquote coolest teachers to hang out with. Probably, yeah. Maybe not as, like, students, necessarily. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As adults, like... But as adults, we yeah. We relate more to them than we do with, like, a math teacher. Or the, or yeah, the science teacher. teacher, you know. And again, like, I don't know. But I don't know. Like, I have no I idea. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> no, she does remind me of our middle school teacher, Miss Helsley. Or just... <sighs> I love this class because Enid is actually someone who's really artistic. She's, she's, a, she's really good. At art, <laughs> and the, but she totally demeans her work and calls it silly pictures or something. Absolutely, like she's actually someone who does art. Yeah, but it doesn't mean anything to her because it doesn't have like a traditional quote unquote art meaning. Yeah, yeah. There's sense. no there's no social commentary. Yes, that's the best way to put it. Like that one girl does all that stupid. Yeah, art. Yeah, like the tampon in the teacup. Yes, exactly. <laughs> like, oh, this is this is amazing. <laughs> or even like that one kid. The video game. What is that like? It, it's like the scene opens up. Which is like mirror, father, mirror, father. It's like the, the short film mirror, <laughs> yeah. father, mirror. <laughs> and it's really like, again, this is written by someone who's an or co-written by someone who's. It an literally artist. looks like the people in SVA made that movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's high pretentious. Art. Yeah, like really bad, like short film with like I don't know, black and white. Look, I, look, there's merit to that, I, I guess. There I don't is. Know. I don't but... think so. <laughs> it's okay if that's like you're a teenager and that's your first thing, but this lady's like. Supposedly forty. Yes, as a teacher, like that shit sucks for a forty-year-old. It's, it's bad. To me, it's less art and more like it relates more to writing to me. Like what she likes. Like, again, yeah, like yeah, the no, you're right. Yeah, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah, yeah. it's like that aspect of art, but not. I don't know. I don't know enough about like art teaching yeah, visual fine. art. Yeah, but yeah. clearly, clearly, Enid is talented. You know, Absolutely, incredibly talented. Way more than anybody in that class. I re- I read that um, the what's his name, the author of the graphic novel, Daniel Klaus. Yeah, Daniel Klaus. Like they asked him to do Klaus. the drawings, oh. and he's like, and this is I believe, really ahead of its time. He's like, no, like I don't want her to draw like me. And then they found like, a woman he felt like the the character would draw mostly like. I forgot who it was, and like sure. she yeah. did it. And I think that's like cool because like. It would be so easy for them to be like, Enid's drawings are the comic that we see. You know? Exactly, yeah, totally. <laughs> Which is, like, silly, you know? It, Absolutely. It, it's, it's easy. That's a better way to put they it. They reference that early in the movie, though, when they see the Satanists in the diner, and she draws them. I believe that's in there, the graphic novel. Mm. But beyond that, yeah, no, it's it's completely different uh, than, than his artwork or whatever <laughs> exists. She's, like, not doing well in the class at all, which is complete bullshit, but whatever. Yeah, yeah. Then she kind of, like... I don't know if she necessarily gets it, but she kind of understands how to play the game a little bit. She literally finally gets success in her class by handing in art that she didn't make. <laughs> a found object. found object. Yeah. And she loves it because it's social commentary. The teacher <laughs> loves it. And it's that, um... <sighs> What is the name of his coon the, chicken? Or it used to be called. It used to be coon. It's Cook's Chicken. Cook's now. Chicken. It used to be called Coon's it Chicken. It used to be called Coon's Chicken. Which That's is what it was like, called, yeah. Yeah. It's like, not going around that. No, it's like a, and it's like a racist caricature of like. Yeah, it's like that, a, like stereotypical. Like, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, the lips. And, and um, Seymour works there, 
which we kind of, I guess he took it from the company. Yeah, I think he said like, "Oh, a guy gave it to me." But. Yeah, I, I forget the exact circumstance that that he had it with, but I think it was it was in his jazz room. His, I'm sorry, his uh, records room or whatever. Yeah, and she takes it, brings it in. That scene's great because the teacher's like asking questions, and you think she's gonna get in trouble. And essentially, it's one of those scenes like, "Oh, I love it. This is yeah. amazing." But it's sad because again, I think she brought it in maybe as like a joke or whatever. I don't know. Well, what I, do you think? I think she brought it in knowing that the dumb teacher is going to like it because <laughs> everything up until that point that the teacher liked. I believe even one of the, the girl who does the tampon cup thing brings found art, or maybe she considers that found art or yeah. sculpture. Um, I think she knows that the teacher is going to like it. Um, I think even when she describes it, she's really lackadaisical about it as well. Um, it just It's sad, funny, and realistic that it becomes her... Part of her salvation, though, because... Is that? Because then she offers her the college program, yeah. Yeah, like the, the scholarship to, like, a really good art school from mm-hmm. that. And she, it's something she's, like, really looking forward to. Mm-hmm. Oh, which, like... She finally, I guess, accepts a part of, like, evolving as, like, from, like, a teenager into it. Yeah, and that's kind of like... Now that we're, like... I love discussing things, because it, like, makes me realize things. Yeah, of course. Um, it's similar to what Rebecca's doing, kind of, too. Mm-hmm. If you think of it in the sense of, like, Rebecca's going mainstream and yeah. being like a Starbucks person. Yeah. So she brings in this artwork because that's kind of what the powers that be want of her. As yeah, weird exactly. as that is, you know, mm-hmm. it ends up blowing up in her face because there's that art show that she doesn't attend for reasons we'll discuss. Yeah, yeah. Where she can't defend her own artwork and there and they say it's like super racist which it is but like but like that's but that was the intent of the artwork. She finally yeah. sort of gives in to what everyone's telling her to give in to and when she does she gets fucked over anyway. Ugh. So, like, it, I understand... That. Which sucks, but that's, like, so, like, life. You it know? is. Yeah. <laughs> as depressing as that is. Ugh. Um, just to tie up other, like, storylines in this film, I do actually like how this film descends into, like, a realistic shitstorm. Yes. Um, in terms of... First, it's, like, that Maxine... I don't know what order these things go into, but, like, that Maxine uh, is moving in with her father, mm-hmm. which completely sucks you know yeah her friendship with rebecca is which she apart. shouldn't even care because she should be moving out anyway she should be happy that her dad yeah should, a, a lot of the things about moving out of adolescence is is you don't want to accept the change that's coming absolutely and, absolutely that's yeah. a good way to put it yeah yeah and there's like the rebecca thing which is again falling because rebecca's starting to hang out with like work friends and different mm-hmm. kinds of people and she's feeling left out i think one of the first times is when, when they're you could see their path changing is that they go to like that coffee shop and that guy's handing out like the uh concert oh yeah yeah, yeah. promise he goes to my band alien autopsy and obviously <laughs> and it's like fuck this guy's so lame and that's i think the first time rebecca's sort of like like no this is cool we should go and you could just tell that like, it's like oh no i'm losing her too yeah uh, to this douchebag the other thing in that scene is like she's like oh look at that blonde guy he's cute yeah yeah, yeah. and like, and then he walks away like you want to listen to some reggae tonight yes yeah, right <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, no, that's a good point. That scene, like, you can see, like, she's... They're starting to be into different things. Yeah. I would love to have seen what their high school life was like. We all know people who we went to school with. Maybe we don't even remember their names, but they were, like, two people who were always together. There's someone she reminds me of. <laughs> oh, really? I, like, that, that. I don't want to mention names. I really don't want to go there. You know what I mean? Like, that type of person, like, I don't know. Yeah, no, absolutely, absolutely. It's funny because, like, we know girls like her, or even guys, right? Yeah. And back then, 
you might have like, oh, this person's cool. But looking back, like, I bet there's so many people theoretically in Enid's high school who look back and say, like, wow, she was really cool. Yeah. You know, and a lot of unfortunate things keep happening to her. And it's not, it's unfortunate, but it's not really because a lot of it's just her being selfish and like a kid. Yeah. A lot of it is her own making. Like she puts herself in the end. Like that's what I relate to too. Is like you make these like little dumb mistakes along the way along your life, but it, once they finally come together, like <laughs> it, it could be catastrophic. I mean, it's, oh like, yeah. You know what I mean? Like those, like the little things add up after a while. I don't know. And it, it kind of comes like, like with Seymour, um, you know, she's trying to set him up the entire time. Mm-hmm. Now, she doesn't set him up with this, so eventually, like, the person from the ad um, does contact him. Yes. And they start dating. And you know what? They're, like, not really that similar. But whatever. Like, they still end up dating. She's, like, a pretty... Yeah, woman, yeah. She's you know? she's totally acceptable. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and he's, like, he's lonely. He deserves somebody. And he deserves... The- to be with someone his age and not be hanging out with like an I guess an like, eighteen year old yeah like a, the little silly adventure that they're yeah, going yeah on like they they start to have like a, a mature adult relationship and Enid is clearly like I don't know she's jealous but yeah like, she gets mad she like realizes and she's like angry she but it's not and it's in a weird way where it's like she almost doesn't but she sets all these actions into yes. motion she's she makes the plan with Rebecca that they're gonna move out and then Rebecca takes it seriously yeah like, she set that plan in motion she set. Seymour's path in motion, and then she gets she sets everybody up, and then she gets pissed when it works out. Now she didn't set up Seymour with that woman, but she definitely like set him up to be with her. Like she's kind of. Well, like, I think she even said you got to call her back. Cause, yeah, because in her mind, she at that point she knew that it was the real lady because she was the fake lady. And it's one of the, like I don't know what you think of the scene where she ends up Seymour and Enid end up sleeping together. Yeah, it's like so sad to me because yeah, you know she's. I would say pressures him a little bit, and he he's kind of has a little bit of like he has at first he's for hesitant. Her. Yeah, 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 he admits it, but yeah, he admits he has feelings for her, but he kind of I think he always knew like I shouldn't really have feelings for her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, he's never like forces himself on her. He's no, never not at all. He's a he's a nice person. Yeah, he he's, really he's never, is. He doesn't even get creepy. Like you know how like guys will like fish to see like if yes, like, go past <laughs> a certain border, and you see that especially girl. on film too. Yeah. Like, he never crosses no. that line. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And One he, might say it's weird that he hangs out with her all the time, but that's, like... It. Yeah, I mean, she kind of, like, forces herself into his life, and she kind of makes it more exciting, so I guess that's why. Yeah. Because he doesn't really hang out with her to get any sort of, like, sexual gratification or whatever. But she really comes on to him, and basically his old feelings for her are, like, reignited. Mm-hmm. They sleep with each other, and it it ruins his, she like... gets drunk. Yeah, she gets oh yeah, she gets drunk. Yeah, yeah, and then he even says like you had to have known that like I thought of you. I always thought about it possibly happening with you. Do you think she knew? No. I kind of think so. Uh, I mean, to some degree, yeah, yeah, to some degree, I mean, yeah, right? Yeah. It finally happens, and then she just he basically starts stalking her in a way. Like, yeah, because he her. he ends things with the other girl because he's like yeah that scene where he goes to oh, break up with her like, and she's on the place. conference call with like the coworker oh, like talking about oh, the closing God. of the property they're gonna it's just so douche chilly and amazing it's hilarious <laughs> oh god but he thinks he's doing the right thing because he thinks he's like essentially he's gonna be with Enid Enid he's found the one the one yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. it was like it's almost too poetic to him. Yeah, that he needs to be with Enid. Like, yeah, like he, he literally goes like to like the next day, I think, even in person to like break up with her. Yeah, or, uh... and then he he thinks it's like meant to be, and I, I feel bad for him. I feel bad 
for her. I think Enid led him on, certainly. I'm not blaming her, like, you know? Because, like, he shouldn't assume now we're in a relationship. That's, like, a creep move. Yeah, yeah. But. Totally. On the other hand, like, she definitely used his feelings a little bit for her own, like, selfish. Absolutely. Pleasure. And it wasn't just like, oh, I want to have sex. It wasn't like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, like, Simo was like, in a way, it's almost nice that, like, he had sex with her and wanted to be with her in a way. Like, and didn't, I don't know. There's something, like, naive about Seymour in that way. Yeah, no. Because he's obviously probably hasn't been with a lot of women no. in his life. So. And he really likes her. I think so, And yeah. I think she really likes him in a different way. Yeah, like, she probably always wondered what it would be like to be with him, and then she had sex with him, and she's like, okay, it's not going to be that way. We should just be friends. <laughs> Which is fair. Which is fair, you yeah, know? yeah. I just... It's not her fault. He breaks up with, like, his girlfriend and does all those kind of things. But... That night, though, when they're together, she does say, let's just get in the car, let's drive away, let's just start a new life together. He, As an adult, he should, yes, that's he what should I'll be say. like, this is not going to happen. But on the other hand, I don't think he has the social skills to really know that. Like, I True. think he's secluded in terms of... Oh, this, social... is, this is a movie that like really makes you like... There's so much... Yeah, there's like it doesn't it's seem heavy. Like, to be like there's a lot going on, but there is. There really is stuff going it's on. It's heavy because it's like realistic heavy. Like mm-hmm. these things happen to people. Absolutely. It's again not deep impact heavy. No. <laughs> yes. He's referencing deep impact. It's, it's almost uncomfortable to talk about because I don't want to make it seem like I'm blaming her completely or that i'm saying he's like a complete invalid that he can't no, like yeah, yeah, make yeah. decisions for himself no i mean there's, there's definitely a responsibility on both their ends in terms of what happens i think for her it's more of like a learning experience yeah but her learning experience just ruins this guy's <laughs> life he loses his job yes he loses his apartment he has to move back home with his mother oh man uh so what happens is is that like yeah like Rebecca goes and like lives an adult life I guess and then she just destroys his life Seymour's life. And there's that great scene Enid uh kind of like is resigned to the fact that she's going to move in with Rebecca and you kind of think that's just how they're going to end she's Yeah like up, yeah grow up like that. And she has this line I think I wrote it down. Something along like look look at this ironing board isn't it great? Yeah. Like it's such a domestic playing house kind of life too sure. as mature as rebecca is like a lot of it's like playing house yeah it's like what you think being an adult living your own should be yeah yeah but you're right that i think that line just completely sets it off again <laughs> like fuck this i can't do this like if she's excited over uh ironing board this is not for me <laughs> no exactly yeah, and yeah. it's it, this is a complex movie with complex uh characters yeah so, yeah, we, as we said, Seymour's life completely falls apart. Absolutely. Enid's life doesn't really fall apart. She's just still discovering herself. Yeah, I, it's just, yeah, I guess I, if at that point at the end, like, she is just continuing to be the person she is. A beat we didn't hit on is that whole, uh, that Norman thing, that guy who has, like, dementia, I believe, like, on the bench. Oh, yes, yeah, yeah, and yeah. They, yeah. they kind of, like, tease him a lot. Mm-hmm. But then it's like... I don't know, his journey becomes, like, super, like, symbolic to her. Yeah, yeah. They canceled the bus route. Yeah, so not even an active bus. So, yeah, that the ending is, is... It's sort of up in the air. You don't really know what's happening, and I don't... There's no reality to it. Like, who is this guy? Does the guy exist? There's also the piece, the pants on the floor, the jeans that are always on that sidewalk by the bus. Yeah. Stop. I think that plays into the title, right, uh, of Ghost World. So, like... Okay, I was going to ask, like, what is what do you think the title means? Okay, so 
Not to like the school question. No, 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 no. No, I mean, that's a really valid question because I think I was thinking about that for a while now. So I think it relates to uh, uh, loneliness, obviously. Like, if you look at the movie, like, it's pretty sparse in terms of, like, characters or even when they're out and about in public, there's not people everywhere. Like, you think of a movie. So I think it has to do with loneliness. I think that it has to do with a lot of the stuff around them are just remnants from the past. So, like, Ghost World in, like, a literal sense. Like, this is, like, the, the, the past meeting the future. Mm. Um, and I think Ghost World also it just plays into like the surreal aspect, like the end, of, like those weird little things in the movie, like the jeans that are always on the ground, or the guy yeah. on the, the bench you were just talking about. Even like more lighthearted, but like the Mike Judge guy is like totally yeah, super like these surreal. characters you don't they're surreal yeah, like the, you, it's almost like this isn't real in a way yeah, or like the, the guy like, with the nunchucks yeah. uh, <laughs> that guy yeah he's the doing weird nunchucks. the Weird Al waiter. Weird Al Wade, exactly, yeah, like, these people don't really, they exist, but, like, they don't. It's like, a lot of the characters feel like they were pulled in from different worlds or different, like, places, you know what I mean? Like, they're so distinct, these, like, weird characters. Yeah, like, um... I feel just, just I feel like I'm fumbling on this, but no, it, but, but that's that's this kind of film. Yeah, you know? yeah. <laughs> I can't really grasp what it is, but it's not a bad thing. No, no, no. I I I feel so corny saying this, but like that's like life, you know. It's yeah. It's hard to grasp these certain things. Sometimes. Absolutely. Uh, um, I mean, what did you do? You like the ending? Again, she just like kind of. I don't know if she runs away or just like it's kind of ambiguous. She just leaves. Yeah, on the I'm, bus. I'm I'm f- I don't need I don't need answers. Um, I I, I almost like. If it's a movie like this, right? Like, I don't need the ending to be to be obvious because, like, life is that way. You know, there's never a real answer to anything, and you never really know where you're going next. No, it's like she gets on a bus, like, for her next chapter, and I don't mean it like, oh, you know, she's all the ends are tied in this world. Yeah, it's you not know, eat, it's not love, that. pray, or whatever that <laughs> shit pray, is. Love, eat, pray, love, no. or whatever. Yeah, like, there's no great. No one walks away from this movie with some, like, great understanding. No, especially, like, the viewer or her. Like, in, in it, like, it's just, I think her big revelation, maybe, is just, like, it's time to move on, you know? Yeah. It's time to move um, on from all but, this. But, like, in a sense, it's also weird because, like, that bus doesn't really exist. That bus line doesn't really exist. That's that what, that's that's what guy puzzling. doesn't exist. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't... Did she die? Sopranos-like ending? No, no, no. People, like, I was, like, reading an article, actually. People say she commits. She does not commit suicide. What? I did not get that take. So stupid. Um, yeah, I guess it could be, like, the uh, uh, Tony Soprano. It's 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 not the... Uh, it's the journey, not the... What is that saying? That stupid saying? Like, the oh, journey. Oh, it's not the... The destination. The destination. It's the journey, the journey yeah. Yes, yeah, something. It, there's a more eloquent, pretty way of saying that yeah, we're yeah, not yeah, saying. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I think. Uh, I mean, yeah, I'm fine with that ending. I mean, what do we want to happen for her? For Ina to accept it and become an adult with Rebecca, for her to uh, be with Seymour. Like, Honestly, I think a lot. I don't know. Okay, I don't think the be with Seymour angle. A lot of people would have like the mainstream audience would have been okay with. Mm-hmm. I think it's still that kind of always creepy. Yeah, sure. Um, I think. Like, if I'm drawing a different film that's not necessarily an enjoyable film, but more like a mainstream enjoyable film, it's like she ends up seeing the merit in Seymour's new relationship and she's happy for him. Yeah. She moves into Rebecca and then she... I was thinking she ends up dating uh, the guy at the convenience store. Brad Renfro. 
Yeah, instead yeah, of she had, she admits that she likes him at some point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That but would like, be like that would be like the if like the Hollywood ending. I instead, guess. Rebecca yeah. ends Everyone up like dating him, right, or something. Or it seems I don't like, even think anybody does. I think. Oh, I thought of, they were like started talking or maybe. something. Maybe I, I think possible. it's like subtly implied. Sure, because, she well, doesn't. End up it's always impl- subtly implied. She actually says that guys always like you, not me. Yeah, yeah. So it's uh, it's different than what you expect, but I, I, again, it just mirrors real life and absolutely as sad as that is yeah it's yeah. true <laughs> uh any other uh scenes or moments in ghost world you want to talk about or, or things that you really liked even like little lines or moments yeah so like i mean there's those scenes in the mini mart are, are, are really fun <laughs> um what's the character's name the weird guy with the shirt i, th- I know uh i think his name is doug yeah his, name's doug. <laughs> his interactions are just amazing and that plays into the question earlier like ghost world what does it mean like these yeah. characters like he's weird so yeah, he's, he constantly has this really f- funny rapport with like the shop owner <laughs> sup josh hey give me two packs of cigarettes today working overtime 16 hours Nature's nectar, wake up juice. And give me uh, like six of these beef jerkies. Hungry enough to chew the crotch out of a ragdoll. Hey, hey, you! How many times I tell you? No chef, no service. Get the hell out of my store. What do you think this is? Club Med? It's America, dude. Learn the rules. <laughs> learn the rules. You learn the rules. We Greeks invented democracy. You also invented homos. Fuck you. You wish. You're by Dirfurf. Yeah, the whole uh, Greeks invented homosexuality line, oh, yeah. which is wrong on so many levels. Because I mean, it's right because they did. They love sodomy. Um, but like, it, it's funny. Like, it's wrong, but like, that's something that guy would say. Absolutely, you know? it's hilarious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's also weird because like the shop owner doesn't come off as Greek to me. No, he doesn't really look Greek. Like he to me, I thought he was like Middle Eastern. So it, like, kind of plays into like the theme of the movie. Where like, yeah, we just did Encino Man, which is another very famous shopkeeper scene. But especially when we were in high school, mm-hmm. which is again, a, well, this movie is two thousand one, so it's like around the same time. Yeah, they're a little, they'd be a little bit older than us, but like. Going to like Seven Eleven and stuff, or like Dunkin' Donuts. That's what you did. That's what you did. Yeah, so it's like, like where you went. Cause... <laughs> I totally get it. And like, again, the the shirtless character is hilarious. He's like, like the, the shopkeeper's like, oh no, you know, no shirt, no service. Yeah, yeah. And he's like, this is America. So learn the rules. Learn the rules. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so hungry, I can eat the crotch out of a rag doll. <laughs> like, like what a line! It's like, amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Working overtime. He buys the beer, the two forties or whatever it is. <laughs> the lines in this, in general, are so like that's where like it contributes to like what you're saying about the whole ghost world thing. Like, I remember a line when Enid is talking to um, Seymour, and like the, he's like, "Oh, what kind of girls are you into?" He's like, "You like girls with big tits, like something like that, or big boobs." Like. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, and it's it doesn't, it's not like. Yes, it's a crude line. Yeah, but it's realistic. It's the way people talk. It, yeah, and especially coming from Enid, the character we learned, it doesn't sound like weird or out of place or like no. yeah. even disgusting. Yeah. And, it, and you know she's saying it to kind of like see Seymour's reaction to literally those words. Yeah, and he, even he kind of is like cringy and like, yeah, oh, don't like, say oh, that to I, me. I don't want to hear I, you I, say that. It's like, I suppose if we're like, you know, something like that. I love when they're going to the, in terms of small scenes, they're going to the, the that's, concert to see the blues guy and the lady with like the kids crosses in front of the car and he stops short yeah. and he's like have some more kids why don't you like he's just <laughs> so mad 
It's so good. But his way, that's why Buscemi is really great. Like, his way of getting mad is like... He, you can tell he, he bottles he, it up and it like comes out, and he almost feels bad right after he. I mean, he even says it, but like you can see it in his face that he feels bad right after he says it. Like, yeah, yeah, you know, like he's so good. This is just a well acted film. You can tell why it was nominated for like the screenplay. Mm-hmm. This is the first time I watched it and really like let me pay attention to this film and watch yeah. it, watch it. You know, and I'm glad I can really, really appreciate it now. That's for sure. But I can imagine, like like I said before, it must have been really awesome to see. Like as a high schooler, because it's just yeah. No, I liked. I like wanted Enid to be my girlfriend almost in a way, <laughs> and I could see that. Like, compare this again to a movie that came out when we were in high school, American Pie, or like, yeah, close to high school, like Worlds Apart. Worlds Apart. Yeah, like, yeah. That's yeah. how can I put it? There is, especially at the time, kind of this thought that every teen movie is going to be like that. Yeah. So when you see something like a Ghost World, it's like. I can imagine, like, the mind-blown fact. And it kind of, yeah, and it kind of plays into what we were talking about earlier, our childhood, like, because we would walk around towns when we used to go to the concerts and walk to 7-Eleven and, like, there'd be these yeah. weird people. Like, we did what they did, like, just, like, hanging around. Absolutely, and, and, and honestly... All we did mean was make fun of people all the time. <laughs> oh, we sound so bad. People are going to hate <laughs> us after this But not in a bad way. No, but we would say shit like that. Yeah. Like, shit like Enid. Crazy shit to people. All the time. Yeah, yeah, all yeah. the time. Like... Silly little lines, or yeah. talk about George Michael or something. To exactly. somebody. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Yeah, or like how they call like the waiter weird Al. Like we would do something like that. Absolutely. We weren't, none of it was ever like mean spirited. No, really. we never went as far as like an Enid Seymour situation. No, 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 like, no, no. <laughs> like grooming somebody for something. The closest thing I guess was I was with Chris Carroll. I made the prank call. I prank called some lady's house in the middle of the night saying that her husband's missing. Oh no. And I gave oh, Kyle's God. number. I gave Kyle's <laughs> no, house you number, didn't. Uh. And the lady called the police and gave Kyle's house. I think the police came to Kyle's house in the middle of the night. Does Kyle know this? Yes. Oh, I didn't know that. And his mom called him the next day. I denied it, but Chris, Chris already told her that we did. Ah, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> we remember like the school directory books. We called some random person. Oh some my random god. Parent the school directory. I, I pretended like I'm like, is your so husband? Bad. Like I was fishing to play off of something. I'm like I said something like, is your husband home? She's like, no, he's on a work trip. I'm like, oh yes, something happened to your husband. He's been in no, an accident. No, that's terrible. That's my name's terrible. Kyle Reinfried. I gave Kyle's house number. <laughs> He's never talked about that with you. I, if he did, it was so long ago oh, that hasn't God. come up in years. Probably I can't the, wait till he hears this. This is like the closest thing. That was pretty bad. He's gonna it listen was, to this and be like, "What the hell?" It guys? was bad because that's the, really bad. Because the 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 random lady, I don't even know who she was, thought something happened to her husband, and then the police <sighs> came to Kyle's house like that night. It's pretty late. <laughs> You probably, like, would get in a lot more trouble now if you did that. Uh, yeah, totally. It would be, like, on the news or something. <laughs> Kids pretend, you know, whatever. Oh, that is so bad. It's pretty bad. It's not as bad as Seymour, but it's pretty bad. No, 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 but it's pretty bad. Making her think that some random lady in the middle of the night something happened to her husband. I don't know. Something makes me laugh. <laughs> you can't, I'm was, laughing now. I'm sorry. It was funny because I'm the sorry. prank wasn't really on the lady. No, it, it was, was on Kyle. Kyle. It was on Kyle. <laughs> So yeah, her being upset is just like the uh, I don't know, whatever <laughs> collateral damage of playing a prank on Kyle. It's like two levels. Yeah, yeah, but that's like so like teenage thinking. Yeah, the joke's on Kyle, you it know, is. and it was. But like, was. imagine that what she's feeling. Oh my god. Oh, it's terrible because <laughs> even on Kyle's end, like his mom was like automatically probably knew it probably was me or someone. Like it was just one of his dumb friends. But that lady for a while truly thought something happened to her husband. <sighs> 
<laughs> oh man, that is so bad. Uh, good times. Uh, so, Ghost World. Every um, every week we rate the film based on like a one to five scale, but we pick something in the film to rate it on, like a rubric. So, what in this film is like a good object or image that we can rate this film on a scale of five? It's tough. It's a tough one. I gotta think about it. The this. pants. I was thinking we could. But that seems to like this film merits more than a five yeah. pants rating. <laughs> I can't add, um, milkshakes, glasses of milk. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm trying to think of something we reference so it's not totally. Uh, yeah, we could do that. Out of how many uh, five dresses Enid lost her virginity in? <laughs> <laughs> That's another crazy. There's just there's too much about this movie to talk about. There's a lot of like yeah, little yeah, little yeah. things. That garage sale is great. <laughs> But no, I do not want to do five dresses. No, no, I was lost her But maybe, um, maybe the milkshakes slash glasses of milk. Oh man, I wish you could find something better. But yeah, yeah I'm trying to think. Vinyl records, you know. Uh, yeah, I mean, no, I mean. I don't know. Whatever. Either, either the glasses of milk, milkshakes, or jazz vinyl records. I technically they're blues. Or oh, blues. <laughs> glasses of milk. Glasses of milk. Perfect. Okay. Because it's just like a really silly line. <laughs> it is a silly line. Okay. Oh my god. He just ordered a giant glass of milk. That's a vanilla milkshake. Gla- so out of five glasses of milk, what will you rate you this You mean milkshake. Yes, uh, milkshake. Five glasses of milk, you mean milkshakes. Um, you do the glasses of milk, I'll do milkshakes. I'll do four out of five. Uh, so, okay, I just want to be clear. It's, and the, that's fine, but, like, for those of you out there if this is your first time listening, we're not doing it, like, against, like, Citizen Kane and, like, movies No, I don't like even that. like Citizen Kane. But, yes, but you know what I mean. Yeah, like, Rose it's not, Blood, like... Whatever. Rose, Fuck is it Rosebud? Rose yeah. I think it is Rosebud. No, but, like, it's not on, like, Oscar... No, no, movies. yeah. It's on like enjoyability or what you think of it. So four out of five, and, and how I mean, because I feel like I, I would feel I feel stupid. Give I really want to give it a five out of five. Then go like, for it. Okay, five five glasses of milk. Five glasses of milk, and why is that? I think that it's a movie that I related to when I was still in high school, and I still relate to now. It, and I don't know. There's just so many great scenes. I mean, I think of this movie in scenes more than in plot at times. Um, I, I think know. that's really fair. It's like it's like almost a series of vignettes at points. Yeah, it's, it's not really a heavy plot film. Um, I I give five out of five for the great characters, for Enid, for Seymour, um, and then even really for the peripheral characters, the uh, Mini Mark guy, uh, Weird Al at the diner. It, it's just it's really memorable to me. I don't know. Yeah, no, I, honestly, I really like this film. I'm going to give it four out of five. Bro, yeah, I brought it, so I had to give it, I, I mean, I really love it. No, hundred percent, I'm glad. I, I, I was hoping you'd say five out of five, because if I said four out of, four out of five, too. Yeah, no, five be, out of know, five, so. yeah. And that's five out of five glasses of milk, and I'm lactose intolerant. <laughs> I, I am slightly lactose intolerant as well, so let's talk about that. People it want to hear it about only that. started in my early 30s now. Oh, that's usually, no, mine started like 27. Okay, that, mine started maybe like two, three years ago. That's normal. Is it really? Yeah. For most people. I mean, a lot of people are younger, but most people develop it. Who develop it, develop it later. Good facts, guys. Yes. <laughs> no, but uh, four out of five for me, because, like, I know it sounds weird because it's called Ghost World, but I love the world that this film builds. Yeah. I love the characters. Enid is amazing. And, again, I mean, 
all the points we hit on it, I think it was obvious we had a love affair for this film. Yeah, and it's, <laughs> it has a lot of rewatchability too, which also plays into... Yeah, the look, I can see why certain people might not like this film if they can't relate to it. Or just give it a chance, even. I think you'll, I think more people will find themselves liking it if they if they just like, give it a shot. Absolutely, and again, I'll say this, I think it was really ahead of its time. Absolutely. I think... Uh, and it's such a great character. And not great as like a good person, which I no, think we've made clear. a well-written character. A well-written character, yeah. yes. They all are. So, f- four out of five for me, five out of five for you. Awesome film. Definitely check out Ghost World. Yes. Honestly, thanks so much for bringing Ghost World um, into the slumber party and just bringing it to my attention. It's my pleasure, yeah. It's... Again, I had seen it, but like it was like not a great watch when I had seen it. Not that I didn't enjoy it, it was just like it was on TV and I was watching. Yeah, yeah. Like, I, I had this movie on my list. I wasn't sure if it was a high school film. Definitely is again because, you know, there is a class in it at least. And it's about an important time in... Yeah, it's like the transition, time. which is probably like probably the most important time of high school. Absol- absolutely. And it's really, like, honestly, it's definitely a... A really great film and a film that I enjoyed watching. I'm definitely gonna like recommend it to to people, mm-hmm. as I'm doing right now in such eloquent ways. <laughs> um, so we have a couple traditions on the slumber party, and it is your first time. So I always ask this question to my guests. So I think I forgot last week. Now that I mention it, that's why I take notes. Well, I think you already had you've had Kyle and Dan on before. That's a good point. Yeah. So, so in the slumber party, you know. I'm sure you had some as kids or even in high school. What sleeping bag would you bring to the slumber party if you could bring any sleeping bag today? Now you can create it. You don't. I don't want you going on like Amazon right now. Like, oh, this like, like this, what uh, would be on it? Yeah, you could put anything on a sleeping bag. What would it be? It would be black, to be honest with you. It would be a black sleeping <laughs> black bag. Black and black, like interior black, exterior black. Maybe purple on the inside. Change it up a little. That's kind of cool. I like that. I like that. Is that a bad answer? No, it's a good answer. Okay. The most common one is that sleeping bag that goes over your head. I'm not saying that's a bad answer, but <laughs> uh, I, wait. So this is not just the way. This is not like what I thought. I was thinking of it in terms of like what graphic would be on it. But you mean like what kind of? <laughs> no, I mean anything. I don't care. It's just a silly question. We ask. Jesus Christ, you're giving me anxiety right now. That question, <laughs> that question gives that me question anxiety. Gives me anxiety. I don't know. <laughs> well, I apologize. <laughs> just sleep in the corner on some blankets. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. Be that guy. <laughs> All right, Wes. Is there any place that you'd want people to follow you? I know you're pretty anti-social media. I don't have media. Yeah, I really don't. <laughs> so literally, you want like your your home address, or your phone number. To yes, I bet. Yes, <laughs> you could text me. No, I I don't I don't have any social media right now. Uh, if you if for some reason anybody wants to find me through this, uh, which no one will, understandably, you <laughs> talk to Brian. He could find me. <laughs> All right, just ask me, and then you could find him. Yeah. Um, he knows a guy that knows a guy. It's <laughs> true. Well, I know you. Yeah, next time it's, I guess we could talk about a movie that's easier to talk about. No, this was fun. This was fun. We we got into a lot of like personal things, but fun stuff. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't know how much Kyle's gonna like this episode, but I don't even know why Brian Feed would listen to this. <laughs> wow, I did not remember that story about Kyle. <laughs> well, you know what? He'll be able to verify it on this podcast, High School Slumber Party, next week, as the foodie films man himself will be stopping by here to discuss a film of his choice. Well, I gave him, like, multiple choice, but he chose Hairspray. And that's 2007's Hairspray, not the John Waters original. Again, he chose that one. I think we'll eventually get to both, but here's the trailer. 
It was a time of tradition, a time of values, a time. People who are different, their time is coming. To shape things up. Not in Baltimore, it isn't. That was our very own Link Larkin. And I'm Motormouth Maybell, pitching rhythm your way. Dancing on that show is my dream. <laughs> Want to be one of the nicest kids in town? Cut school tomorrow and come to audition. No one in this house is auditioning for anything. But Mom! Uh, Amber? Save your personal life for the camera, sweetie. Oh, shiny. Go on, get out there and show up. Council member, Miss Tracy Turnblad. First the hair, now this. Tracy certainly has redefined our standards. That's for sure. <laughs> when you follow your own beat. If we get any more white people in here, this is going to be a suburb. The world will follow you. I think no one uses the start of a pretty big adventure. Oh, 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 you can't stop today. No. As it comes speeding down the track. You gotta think big to be big. Big ain't the problem in this family, Wilbur. Hashtag Zack Attack. Of course, Zack Attack, another show on the Cage Club Podcast Network. By the way, you can check out so many, so many great shows on said Cage Club Podcast Network, like Zack Attack and Third Time's a Charm and Wistful Thinking and Contenders, and Real Bad, and a bunch of other stuff. And remember, this show's home is cageclub.me. That's cageclub.me. But you can find us on Stitcher, iTunes, Google Play, uh, Spotify now, anywhere you get your podcasts. So remember, this is like really important. Tell a friend, write a review, like us on Facebook, like us on Twitter, or follow us on Twitter. Follow us on Instagram. I try to post a lot of cool things. Next week's going to be a cool episode. I guarantee that. Because Kyle's going to answer a question. A question that's been burning in everyone in North Jersey's hearts and minds. And well, anyone who graduated a high school in North Jersey between 2001 and, I'll say, 2009. Why Kyle did not win best hair in his senior superlative. That's kind of why we picked Hairspray, and we're going to get the answer on air, as well as his rebuttal to every every story that was told about him on this podcast today. You don't want to miss that. On that note, big thank you to Wes Levina. We'll have him on again, that's for sure. Hope you enjoyed it. I leave you with 
Another song on the soundtrack, Devil Got My Woman by Skip James. Don't forget to do your homework, watch Hairspray, convince John Cusack not to block us. Later, dudes.